Are you that DJ, producer, or music performer who still doesn't have their own website? Then let me suggest that you visit bandzoogle.com to start building your web presence now. And if you use the link in the show notes page, you'll get a 15% discount. So if you're a DJ without a website, you should hit up Bandzoogle yesterday and publish your great new site in minutes. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and sitting way across on the other side of the room is Mr. Trip Turlington. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. It's been a crazy week at work, but, uh, you know, I, I look forward to our recording sessions. It's uh, It kind of centers me and brings everything back into focus. Well, and today we're going to be talking about doing all that stuff in a way that's nice. This is our DJ etiquette episode, Ooh. and it's nice to be nice. We like to be nice on the Passionate DJ podcast, and so right. we're going to talk about some ways that we can uh, have our uh, our basic DJ manners inside and outside of the booth. Before we get on to that, though, I do want to uh, say that we hope that you enjoyed our episode one of After Party, our bonus episode. Um, So once again, supporters of the podcast on Patreon gain access to an exclusive bonus episode every month, and we just released our first episode. So you can get access to this by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. And thank you so much to all of you who have subscribed so far. Um, We're really looking forward to... uh, doing this new thing and we you know this is a brand new project for us and right. we're going to be uh, experimenting with the format and adding all kinds of goodies to that show just like we do with the main show and uh, it's a lot of fun so we'll see you guys there yeah and let me echo that thank you because you know we've been really busting our humps for the past few years to hone in on on our content and how we're delivering and what it is that that helps everybody and um, you know, just really trying to uh, continue to build the the community and everything. So for um, uh, for all of the support that you guys have given us over the years and, and the support that you guys are going to uh, continue uh, to give us, I mean, I, I really do truly humbly uh, thank everybody. And I'm sure that Mo and Tony um, also echo that sentiment. Absolutely. You know, we, we started getting... I mentioned this on the show the other day, but we started getting requests direct, you know, people directly asking us, how can we support the show? How can we donate to the show? How can, you know, they were asking questions like that, which is an extremely humbling and exciting thing to be asked, right? right it's like, wow, right. these people really, really into this and they are, they're down with the cause. And so doing it this Patreon way is kind of a way that, um, that we can feel good doing that, right? Because right. now we're rewarding them for their support by creating more content. And so, you know, those donations allow us to do more passionate DJ pod- podcasty stuff, which is really right. exciting. Right, absolutely. 
the only other thing I wanted to bring up here, just as a matter of housekeeping, uh, another thing that really helps us out is getting those ratings and reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And this is something that I try to bring up at least every couple of weeks because it really helps us to uh, to rank in the uh, the search engine rankings for iTunes in the uh, uh, podcast app for everybody who has an iPhone or wherever they you know search out podcasts helps us to be discovered by other DJs just like you. So I have an example review here from Beat Salad 75 who says, I'm a pro bedroom DJ, quote unquote, and found this talk show following a Google search for a podcast that was anything DJ related. I binge listened to every episode until I caught up real time to the weekly episodes. Woo! Da- yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> David, Tripp, Tony, and Mo offer different perspectives, experiences, and technical tips and tricks. However, what I appreciate the most is their humble and friendly demeanor exemplified by their open minds to different music DJing formats and their willingness to concede that they don't know everything about the skill, but rather they are actively continuing to learn themselves and taking us along for the ride. Following each episode, I felt like I was hanging out with close friends discussing my favorite hobby and how to get better at it. Well worth the listen. Wow, Beat Salad 75, man. Like, I mean, hit the nail on the head for exactly what we've been striving for like that's that's awesome because like you know for all of the you know uh cliches about egotistical djs who think they know everything and and you know the the music snobs that know everything about you know a particular genre and all of that stuff like you know i'm sure that at some level we've all kind of gone through an evolution of that but you know for where we are in our lives and for what we wanted to uh you know make this podcast into and the community that to surround it you know you can't really have this helpful supportive uplifting thing with a bunch of people who are, you know, telling you how exactly you have to do something or the know-it-alls that, you know, tear everybody down. So, you know, what I really appreciate is, is, you know, people that, that hear us and, and identify with what we try to present as a pragmatic, uh, and supportive approach. Yeah. It's really exciting when people really seem to resonate with the, the type of approach that we're, we're taking here. And, you know, when people, when I'm, I'm first introducing the idea of the podcast to somebody, they'll say, well, okay, what is it? What's the show about? Right. Uh, you know, what's your angle? What are you trying to do? And, you know, is it how-to podcast? Is it uh, storytelling? Is it, and we try to bring all that stuff in, in under one umbrella, but I think overall it's a place to have a discussion yeah. about this stuff, right? Yeah. And we're going to bring our own perspectives to the table. We're going to have our own opinions uh, we're going to have things that upset us and things that we don't like about uh, the music or the scene or whatever it is. But overall, you know, that's what the show about is just having a place to have these conversations and say, hey, look, there are a lot of different ways to approach DJing and this music and being involved with the, uh, you know, a music scene. And uh, we can learn from each other along the way. And so right. uh, it seems like uh, we've got some people who are really picking up that message and it really, you know, like I said, resonates with them and that's exciting. So once again, um, if anybody else has any really sparkly, nice things to say, please go to uh, send us a rating and review there, wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, it really helps people to discover us. So yeah, thank sure. you so much. 
And now today's main topic, we're talking about general DJ etiquette. Um, Trip, how do we want to approach this? Where do we want to start? When we're talking about etiquette, like there's there's more to DJing than just being the DJ while you're DJing, right? Like, I mean, you've got everything that leads up to DJing, you know, so, you know, learning sure. the skills and uh, acquiring your music and, and the networking and all of that stuff. And then there's everything within the booth, you know, but I mean, you still have to get past, you still have to get your, you know, yourself there and in the door and, you know, navigating through a venue and, and all of that stuff. So what I kind of tried to do here was uh, just divide it up into a couple main topics here uh, in the booth and out of the booth. Um, okay. and there's a lot of different things that, you know, there's a lot more etiquette that's out there that I'm sure. So, and, and I didn't want to turn this into a three hour episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, this so is one I, of those topics that we've addressed a lot, but we've never dedicated a main segment. Exactly. To. Like, I mean, so, if you yeah, go it would through, be easy to, to run off the rails with it and do a three hour episode. Probably. <laughs> exactly. Like if you go back through, you know, the previous 135 episodes, you're going to hear plenty of experiences and, and, um, yes. and instances of, Oh, that would just be good etiquette. That's just being a good human. Right. So, um, and instances of bad etiquette. Right. In some cases, like our bad DJ gigs episodes. <laughs> bad DJ gigs and the, uh, oh, what's the one? Um, pet peeves. Yeah, the the pet peeves episode. You know, that, that's a that's a good one to <laughs> yeah. like refer back to for plenty of uh, examples of bad etiquette. So, um, so when we're talking about in the booth, um, you know, I, I kind of... Uh, you know, lumped together, you know, the venue, the booth, everything kind of surrounding a gig in and of itself. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, you know, without diverging into or divulging into every single possible etiquette thing, because some of it's just common sense, but, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, hit most of the points that are, you know, kind of more macro without getting into nitty gritty details on every little thing. Okay. Um, sure. I think one of the, one of the things that irks me the most and one of the things that I try to do, especially at this stage of life, you know, I've, 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 I've been in different points where, um, where I was DJing, for a living. Like that's what I did. Mm. Like I didn't work a real job, you know, and I, and I, I always felt lucky, but it was also when I was still kind of young and cocky. So I didn't, I don't, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I appreciate it now. Like if I was still able to, you know, tour around and just, you know, make my living spinning records and making music and all of that stuff. I think I would have a totally different appreciation for it now in my late thirties than I did in my early twenties. Mm. So, um, that's, that's kind of where this, this point kind of comes from. Um, and that point is approach the booth humbly and with appreciation. Um, mm. when you get to a venue, make it a point to meet and greet whoever was responsible for you even being there. Right. Like, right. 
it's one thing to like, you know, get a gig set up and to say thank you. You know, so sometimes these things are all done by instant messenger and email and all of that stuff or, or whatever. So especially if you don't know that person personally, you know, when you get there, make it a point to find that person, shake their hand, make sure that they know that you truly appreciate them inviting you and including you in this event. Right. That's, that's not only a good, that's not only good because of the, the politeness factor, but also you need to leave, especially if this is like the first time you're working with this person. Right. You need to leave them with some sort of impression, right? Right. And you need to leave them with a memory to attach to you and you being there. And if you're, they're not even going to remember your face if you, if you don't look them in the eye and shake their hand and say thank you for blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's also good tactically. It's not just nice. Right. It's good for business. Right. <laughs> And and if that per- now I've also been involved in some festivals where uh, and 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 large scale events where the people that I was emailing with the the event coordinators and stuff like that like I've played for PSG which you know Tony is is uh, one of the people that works for them and, but I didn't work through Tony like uh, when when I was booked for PSG events you know I had to work through some other people and then you know those email exchanges, you know, went one way, but then when it came to the night of the event, I'm being told to go meet up with this other person. So even though I may never ever have met the person that I've been emailing with, whoever they are designating, like I'm going back to that person, I'm shaking their hand, I'm being polite. I'm, you know, trying to establish a genuine connection with that person because they're going to go back to the person who was in the email and say, yeah, that dude was really cool to work with. Or, yeah. man, that guy was a real jerk, total pain in the ass to work <laughs> with, you know? Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's all about what do you want your reputation to be out in the ethos. So what about other, you know, barring uh, headliner acts and stuff that we sometimes don't have access to, what about other DJs? Like, do you make it a point to to interact with all the other DJs and... Yeah, for the most, well, sort of. I don't, if I'm on a lineup and I don't know all of the DJs, then, you know, then that, it's kind of touch and go. Because if you don't know who you're looking for or who you're looking at, especially if, like, you're a new local, you know, trying to build yourself within a, a particular scene, or if you are a local or a regional traveling to a different area, you may not know everybody. But if you're in an environment where... Um, you know, you're, you're going to be coming up on a booth where like the next, uh, the DJ before you is playing and then another DJ is coming up, you know, after you, you know, those are probably two, if, if nobody else, those are probably two of the most important DJs on a lineup that you should interact with and do so with some respect because, you know, if you've got some setup to do, you know, if you, if, if your stuff is not already set up for like a large scale event where you had to be at sound check at eight o'clock, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, sometimes you show up for like a warehouse party and you're trying to set up your Serato or tractor, you know, while somebody else is still actively right. playing, you know, so in those events, you know, you want to make sure that you get there with enough time to 
get a lay of the land, see the gear, see how everything is set up and kind of get an idea of what you're going to do. But be respectful of that DJ because that right now that is their time to shine and they're the ones interacting with the crowd. So you want to like, you know, have, um, you know, some, at least some respect for that DJ and, and interact with them, you know, not while they're in the middle of a mix, but you know, when you, when there's a good, you know, chance for you to get in there, shake their hand, say, Hey, you know, I'm playing after you, you know, let me know when I can, you know, slide in here and, and quietly and quickly put my stuff together, you know, ju- and I'll stay as much out of your way as I possibly can. I'll normally look for some kind of social cue, like um, eye contact or something before right. approaching, so that I, I kind of get acknowledgement that they see that I'm coming. And I'm because I know some people like, and I, Tony's brought this up. Like this, this really bothers him if somebody kind of comes up and startles him, like you said, in the middle of a transition, or right. you know, just doesn't see see them coming. It can really kind of throw you off your game and take you out of a, a zone, you know, that you're right. in when you're mixing, and it can be jarring. So yeah, for sure, absolutely. It's, you got to be careful how you approach that. Yep. And, and that's, and, and, and I, I can't stress enough the, the be invisible factor. The show is not about you until it's about you. So if you have right. some setup to do, you know, get that social cue, find out, you know, and, and get in there when they, when that DJ says, yeah, it's cool. Come on over here, get yourself set up and then get out of their way. You know, just kind of stand right. in there with your headphones around your neck and, you know, the, and the cord <laughs> in your pocket, you know, just waiting for your chance, you know, standing behind Tapping this your feet. Right. Right. You know, that's, it's a little off putting, you know, for, yeah. to see somebody behind the DJ that everybody's watching at the time, you know, it, it kind of kills a vibe there. I mean, now if yeah. you're standing there, you got your fists in the air and you're helping to big up that DJ, well then yeah, go for it. Just, just don't be a distraction from their show. Um, right. And then when it's your time to get on, then, you know, do the same, you know, for the next guy coming in, you know, don't, don't like block that person out, be looking for, like you said, those social cues and, 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 you know, uh, have that interaction with the DJ after you so that, you know, you can communicate any issues with the, with the current equipment or, you know, Hey, watch out for this thing or Hey, that monitor over there is crackling, you know, uh, be, you know, be able to, you know, communicate those things and, and show some respect for the person who's about uh, who the show is about to be about after you're done. Now, just as a point of clarification here, um, in case it's been missed, you know, obviously we're talking about a, a scenario in which this is a club or a festival, and there are multiple right. DJs on the lineup. Right. Uh, so you're handing off, you know, a set of decks or or something. You're handing off the booth to somebody else. Um, and those scenarios, etiquette is really important. You know, this this is something we have to talk about because it's not a scenario like, uh, say, a mobile DJ where they're setting up their entire setup by themselves or, you know, whoever they've hired to help them. Right. And they have control over that whole thing and they know all the gear that's there and all the cables and stuff. In this scenario that we're kind of addressing here, you have to give each other space. You have to make sure to not leave your cables connected. You have to make sure not to take somebody else's cables. You, you have to make right. sure to not step on somebody's toes. You got to make sure not to bump somebody's uh, stylus on their record <sighs> if they're playing wax. You know, there's right. all these other things that come into play because, hey, there's more cooks in the kitchen up here, whether you're both playing at the same time or not. 
it's easy to get in each other's way. Right. Um, you know, and there's a lot of little tips that you can, if you think ahead about this, you can kind of be prepared for. And the one I've brought on the show before is, you know, one thing that I do is I always bring a, my own power supply, you know, mm-hmm. my own power mm-hmm. strip uh, to connect anything that I've brought with me. So if I'm, you know, doing an all digital setup or something like that, um, so that I can break out from the main power strip or whatever, whatever I'm plugged into, and I know that only my stuff is plugged in on that to one that, strip. Right. On that one strip, <laughs> and I'm not going to accidentally yank a deck that's playing or unplug a mixer or or, or do something crazy, right? right? So um, that's just kind of a bonus tip. But I bring that up to say a little bit of planning ahead will go a long way in these kind of scenarios so that you can be courteous and have this etiquette. Uh, You're a little prepared for the scenario rather than trying to kind of do everything in the moment and, you know, when everything's rushed and pressure and right. And, and on that same note, you know, there's there, and there, this will probably come up again in, in some of these other points, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it, this, the, these types of things are a little bit more effort and it may not get recognized, you know, <clears throat> for a lot, a lot of the things that happen with us, you know, psychologically and socially, just as people, you know, sometimes doing the right thing doesn't garner a whole lot of attention um, with certain people. Um, but I guarantee you, if you do something that is abrasive or offensive or, you know, whatever, that always gets noticed right? <laughs> and not in the way you want it to be. Absolutely. And on that note, that brings me to my next point, which is when you show up at one of these venues, make sure that you treat everyone that is involved in an event or a, or a venue or whatever with respect and as your equal. You are no better than a bartender or wait staff or a bouncer or, you know, or if you're playing at a titty bar, you're no better than the dancer. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, right. No matter what you, you, everyone Patrons has of the, the club, right? Exactly. Everyone has their part to play in an event. So you have to do your part and respect everybody else's part because if, if somebody isn't there to do their part, well, then the event falls apart, right? Um, right. So, you know, especially when you're in a bar, though, uh, you know, which is a business which has hours of oper- you know, operating hours and, and stuff like that, you know, a lot of these people, this is their job all the time. You know, you may just be a guest DJ. Um, you may even be a resident DJ, but you know, they're not all playing music at night. You know, they're, you know, slanging drinks and, and picking up glasses and washing dishes and sweeping and mopping floors and stuff like that. So they're ready to go home at the end of the night. So if you're like the closing DJ, then, you know, kind of be respectful of the staff. And if you've got like three wasted patrons left that can barely stand up on the dance floor, you know, don't keep going from three to 4 a.m. You know, if they're trying, if they're trying to close the doors and go home, right. you know, shut that shit down. You don't have to go home, but you don't have to stay here. And, you know, <laughs> we'll see you on another night, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sure we're going to get into this more because this is probably going to be the center of a lot of the potential issues that we're going to bring up. But, 
you know, nobody wants to work with somebody who just has this massive ego. Oh, right? no kidding. Like that super egotistical, like diva DJ. Right. Like that, that's when you start hearing stuff like, like, dude, you're just playing other people's music. Like, chill out, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> let's all have some fun here. Right. Well, and, and you know, in our, in, in DJ culture, especially if we're talking about like things like turntablism and hip hop DJs and, 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 uh, and stuff like that, like, you know, when you get into that, DJing as a precision skill type of DJing, a lot of times those DJs approach the the stage or the booth and that's part of their act is that big, you know, ego sure. thing. And it's part of the act and it's and it's using the music and your mannerisms and all of that stuff to, you know, call out the next DJ and to, you know, get the crowd involved and all that. You know, so, Dead Mouse uses Twitter a certain way for a reason. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, but for those of us who are not <laughs> Dead Mouse, <laughs> you know, one of the things that, you know, about all of that is, you know, it's one thing to come into a club, have respect for everybody that, you know, uh, that you encounter from the promoter to the staff to the DJ before and after you and all of that and and have a respectful, humble attitude about what it is that you do and what you bring to to a party. But at the same time, you know, still understand that if that ego is part of your show, well, then there's a time and a place for that ego. And that's in the booth while you're playing, you know, everything right. before and after the, everything before and after that, be a good human. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about, uh, expectations, mm, like, yeah. uh, expectations either from the crowd or from the person that hired you? I mean, how, how can DJs kind of make sure that the, those expectations are being met and what might those expectations be? Sure. Um, I think, I mean, we've, we've kind of, we've kind of beat some of this to death already uh, in a couple mm -hmm. of episodes. I don't remember which ones off the top of my head, but, um, you know, we have definitely talked before about, you know, what our place is in a lineup for the type of right. music and, and show that you play. And, um, you know, this kind of, um, ha you know, harkens back to uh, the argument of, do you bring what you do as hard as you bring it, you know, regardless of who else is on the lineup, because if a promoter selected you and put you in a specific time slot, that's what they expect. And that's what they want for that time slot. Or do you kind of tone things down a little bit so that you, you know, you take, you take inventory of the entire show and then try to like, you know, massage what it is that you do to fit a certain expectation for that slot. Right. We, uh, we brought this up last week with Crane. I know you couldn't make that interview, oh, God, but we, so we asked, <laughs> we, I know, I know you were buddy. <laughs> We, we were thinking about you, but um, I asked Crane this this exact question: like, where really? where do you land on this? Because he's he has kind of that he's in that point in his career where he's doing a, his own headlining tour, but he also plays these support roles still, these big support uh, okay. roles. Yeah. So that's yep. right where he is. And so I said, hey, do you play drastically differently when you're in those support roles versus when you're on your tour? 
and he he basically said not not drastically. Okay. And right. and he kind of had he kind of took to that point where it was uh it's kind of on the promoter to book the right person. And and one point he brought up was, you know, being the DJ producer that he was. He was like if you you know, you shouldn't do what you don't want to become known for. And so if you don't if you don't if you want to play bangers, then produce bangers. If you don't want to play yeah. bangers, don't produce bangers. And I said, right. hey, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean that's I mean that that's that's exactly right. I mean, for for us, you know, um, you know, we have to play the right music for a particular gig or crowd, right? Like so yeah. like that's another expectation that comes of us. So like, you know, myself, I know I, I play three, sometimes five different genres, you know, depending on right. the gig or, or or who booked me for whatever. But what you won't see me do is, you know, start dropping like early nineties super like, you know, synthy, you know, pop electronica, you know, <laughs> at a, I don't know, insert like at a drum and bass show or at a techno show right. and stuff like that. So like, you know, there's this expectation that you're going to play the right music for your crowd. And, you know, going back to the previous point, but you know, you will play what you want to be known for. And it's on that promoter. Now, I've also right. been in those situations on the flip side of that coin, though, where, you know, a promoter just books me because they want to book me. And then when I look at the lineup and then, you know, you get your time slot, you know, the night of or, you know, the week of or something like that. And you're looking and you're going, man, who's before me and who's after me, man. If I if I do what I do, that's going to be real disjointed at that part of the night. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, a balancing act, I think. Yeah. And, and just to, to kind of uh, bring this around to where we started this episode, uh, talking about having the conversation about different uh, perspectives in, in DJing. You right. know, I don't know that I 100% agree with, with Crane's approach there to right. just play whatever you want. I've always leaned towards the other side of that spectrum. Um, right. Play to the crowd no matter what's happening. Play to the venue. Try to adjust. But I, I'm also approaching this as somebody who has a podcast where we spend an hour talking about DJing. Right. Whereas right. we're talking about a context where this is a he plays big festivals and is a headlining act and has an album out and is a producer right. and is performing his productions to a crowd who wants to hear them, you know, so there's this whole different perspective on that, right? Sure, sure. So it's it's one of those things that really just depends on how you approach it. I'm just sitting over here like I obsess over these things, so of course I want to try to play a little bit differently for every little variable that there is, right? That's just <laughs> right. It's part of the fun for me, right. right? But that doesn't mean that that's how it has to be necessarily right but at anyway the, that's a bit of a digression but well right but no that's a great point because at the end of the day the etiquette point to make here is that you know there what are the expectations do you know what the expectations are right. and are you exactly. fulfilling those expectations of the people who have them of you um you know and for yourself you know you should have some expectations you know for what you do as a DJ and 
you know, like for example, if you are a laptop DJ that uses, you know, some kind of hardware. So whether it's CDJs with, or, or turntables with like a Serato box, or if you use, you know, a subtractor, you know, F ones or, you know, whatever, um, you know, make sure that you bring everything that you need, you know, <laughs> hold yourself to a certain, <laughs> you know, right. standard because everyone forgets something or something, you know, may happen. I mean, that's just the nature of the job. Like something's going to happen to you at some point, but if Headphones you get adapter <laughs> time code <laughs> records, <laughs> and if you become, if you get the reputation as being that guy or girl that like forgets all of those things, you're going to start grading the nerves of all of the other people in the DJ yeah. community that you are trying to be a part of. You know, there's a certain level of etiquette that, you know, you or of self-sufficiency. You know, it happens every so often that, yes, you're right. going to forget your time code. You're going to forget needles. You're going to forget headphones. You're, those things will happen. But like you and I know people here in our own little scene where like there's the habitual, like I forgot mm -hmm. my headphones or I forgot <laughs> like, you know, and, and you, and you cringe. If you see that your name is even on the same lineup as those people, <laughs> much less if they are directly following you because right. you know that they're going to ask, Hey, can I use your time code? No, I'm trying to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, you know, it just, you know, make sure that you make the extra effort to have everything that you need, because when you don't have what you need and you become that habitual person, it does. It, it grates people's nerves. Once again, planning ahead, you know, right. having, if you think that you play out on a uh, time code set up all the time, if you use DVS in your gigs out and about, maybe it's time that you just get an extra pair of time code records and keep them in your bag. Or, right. You know, if you uh, maybe it's time to go ahead and duplicate your USB key and have a backup of that. You know what I mean? And just thinking about these little things now while you're listening to this episode of the podcast, like how can I set up a little bit of redundancy? Right. And once again, you could refer to uh, what's the episode trip? Disaster preparedness. Uh, disaster preparedness. Another episode we did. Uh, lots of tips in there as far as that goes, uh, especially if you want to really dig in and, and go in depth. But you know, just a little bit of planning ahead can really prepare you for a lot of these scenarios. And I know this isn't an episode about planning ahead, but it really helps with etiquette if you think about this now and think proactively rather than reactively when you're in the moment and everybody's panicking and tensions are high and there's a right, show and, right. and everything. So Exactly. Um, so another thing uh, when it comes to expectations is, um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, respect and, you know, one, one, one thing to respect are booth rules. Mm. You know, when you, when you are approaching a booth, unless it's your equipment, you know, you are likely about to put your hands on a couple thousand dollars, if not several thousand dollars worth of somebody else's gear. You know, yeah. whether it belongs to a club or it belongs to another individual that, you know, is loaning it or renting it out, um, you know, that gear belongs to somebody. And as we all know, DJ gear, while the barrier of entry is is getting lower and lower and lower with the, like 
entry level DJ controllers and stuff. But when you walk into a booth and there's a Nexus setup, that's that's some scratch, you know. So right. we need to approach those things and and really have respect for other people's gear and equipment. And I've been in a lot of booths where there's like printed out signs, you know, do not touch the fucking master. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> right. Red line or yeah, red lights are for hookers. You know, um, I've, I've seen, you know, plenty of these types of things or like the, the piece of duct tape that's over uh, a fader, you know, look for those types of signs and cues and, and, and even just printouts or, you know, whatever, so that you understand what is expected of you and, and the level of respect that you need to have for everything in the booth. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you walk into a booth and it's like a set of Gemini XL 500 twos from the late nineties, like <laughs> chances are they're going to be pretty beat up and you know, maybe nobody's really going to care about them. But you know, if there's, you know, any signs up there that, you know, you know, say treat these things like, <laughs> like the Ark of the Covenant, then please, you know, do so, you know, because it's not your stuff. So don't give them the rental car treatment is what you're saying. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and, and I mean, even in, when it just boils down to simple things, you know, sometimes like uh, some clubs and promoters and, and, and uh, rental uh, companies, they, uh, some, uh, some of them are just really simple rules, like don't drink or smoke, around the equipment don't have the booth full of your your friends and homies and all of that stuff because you know once somebody pops bottles or you know too many people get bumping against each other and the next thing you know a spilled drink and mm -hmm. now you're expected to pay two thousand dollars for a new cdj yep. and you know that it, all of that can be avoided just by having some etiquette, having some respect for you know what what is expected of me in the booth uh, when we get there. Yeah. Bill for a new, uh, CDJ Nexus 2000, uh, 2000 Nexus two would not be pretty. No, that would be an expensive bill. You know, it's not an expensive bill. What's that? Getting a great new DJ website from Banzoogle. Man, isn't that, isn't that the truth? I'm telling <laughs> you, like, I'm really glad that we've created this relationship with Banzoogle. Um, because you know, before this, I had no idea that they even existed. But now, like, we've, we've talked a lot about how quickly you were able to set something up. But, you know, now that I've got mine set up, I took a little bit longer to set it up. But um, it was really intuitive and really easy. You know, I, I, I mean, you know, it, it, it has all of the features that I, that I need and, um, and then some. So it's, it's been uh, a really good experience for me. Yeah, we're really happy to have them as a sponsor because they they really do make it possible to put together like an impressively good website in literally a few minutes. Right. They have a it's it's your basic like a point and click interface and it really just helps you do all the things that you need to do as a DJ or producer like, you know, sell your music or your merch, uh, build an email list, integrate with your social media accounts, all that kind of stuff. They have all that stuff right out of the box. And I wrote down a couple of steps here. Here's how easy it is. All you have to do, step one is choose a mobile-friendly theme. Step two is make it unique in a few clicks. Step three is to add your content. 
Step four is to connect your services. So this is where you could put in a Bandcamp player or an Instagram gallery, Twitter feed, and that sort of thing. And then step five is to publish it to the world. Now their system is super easy to use, but if you do have trouble, their support team is online seven days a week, ready to help via email or live chat. Now here's what you need to do. Visit the show notes page for this episode or visit bandzoogle.com. That's B-A-N-D-Z-O-O-G-L-E.com to get an exclusive deal on your great new DJ website. And great prices too. Like, I mean, they're, the, the prices on, on, uh, on Bandzoogle are, are extremely competitive. Um, so I, I, was, I was really pleasantly surprised at that, especially because unlike some others that are out there, you know, they've got the built-in e-commerce thing so that you can you know, sell your merch, sell your music and all that, and they don't take any commissions from it. So you get to keep to all, all the proceeds for what you sell. Absolutely. All right, so uh, we're still talking behind the booth. Um, can we talk a little bit about, we touched on it a little bit, but communication. <laughs> when, right. When's it appropriate to communicate behind the booth and for what reasons should we be doing that? That sort of yeah. thing. Uh, any thoughts? Well, um, um, like I had said earlier, you know, it's, it's one thing you... you one of the, the, and we've talked about this before as well um, on other episodes, you want to show up with enough time to get an idea of the layout, the crowd, the sound, and, you know, all of the different aspects that, you know, go into, you know, the show that you are about to start playing so that you kind of get an idea of how you're going to set up and what you're going to play and how you're going to play it and all of that. But one of the biggest communication issues that I have ever run into, it's the most common one, to be perfectly honest, is if the schedule is off. The, you know, so there, there are a million different reasons that I have heard over the past 20 years <laughs> of why, you know, uh, the, the schedule is off, time slots have been bumped, you know, and all of this stuff. And... Yeah, oh, 12, I thought it was 1230. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, some DJs are um, a little bit better about communicating that stuff than others. And, you know, so if, if the DJ that you're following refuses to get off when your set is supposed to start, trust me, it's, it's counterintuitive and it goes against every bit of your instinct. Don't argue with that DJ. Like... For one, it doesn't look professional to the people who are watching that DJ. Like if all of a sudden they don't hear what's going on between you two, all they know is that they're listening to and watching this DJ that they're enjoying. And then all of a sudden here comes this asshole who is like, you know, giving this guy, you know, a bunch of guff, like, they just see a sudden explosion of unprofessionalism. That's <laughs> right. all they know. And I'm not saying I'm not above it or that, that, that I am <laughs> above it. This has, this is a very real thing that has happened to me multiple times and has still, it, it still happens somewhat, you know, not regularly, but it has happened to me recently, you know? So it's not a thing that right. like I'm even, you know, uh, exempt from, Um, but it is one of those things that I try to be cognizant of, you know, because 
when when those altercations happen and people are seeing it and then all of a sudden you're the topic of you know discussion somewhere else down the line and you know all of a sudden like people are talking about you and how you are an asshole and all of the you know and the and the fight and the drama in the booth and all that it's not worth it for you your reputation or the reputation of the party and i guarantee you no promoter wants that in their booth um so when those types of things happen the best thing to do is to take this situation to whoever is in charge of the booth you know so whether it's the promoter or if there's a stage manager or whatever and try to work things out with them or uh in some cases the uh the bride or the wedding planner or the <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, whoever hired you for the corporate gig yeah right right the, find the head honcho and say, here's what's going on and <laughs> figure out from them what you want, what they want done. Right. Conversely, you know, instead of, you know, issues with people, if there's issues with equipment though, like let's say you've been playing and there's a sticky knob or, you know, that scratching sound that's, you know, in Ugh. faders that are about to go out and yeah, the know, bleeding mixer. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. All of those kinds of things make sure that you give the DJ that's coming on after you a little heads up, like, you know, Hey, right. Scratchy fader or, you know, whatever, you know, those, those types of things are that way. Um, you know, you're not setting them up for failure, you know, especially if, if it's a crossfader and that's something that, you know, a scratch DJ has to have, you know, maybe, you know, they'll find a different way of, you know, uh, scratching with like the channel fader instead or, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, just gives people a little bit of a heads up so that they can adjust as necessary rather than just throwing them off the deep end. I, I got pretty good at, at this because when I got into DJing, you know, as I've talked about on the show before, you know, there was not a whole lot going on in our area for the type of music and for the DJ scene and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, and it it also happened to be, you know, we're talking mid 2000s. So sure. this is kind of the earlier days of uh, digital DJing as far as uh, software DJing. Right. right. And so every time that I played somewhere, I was playing on some piecemeal ghetto rigged up kind of <laughs> right. setup, right? And so I would be, Sometimes I was passing off some ghetto rig setup onto the next DJ. Right. So, you, you know, I got really used to like, and sometimes I was the person throwing the show and I'm like, this is what I've got to provide to you. Here's what you need to know. This is a zone 32. It's like your typical zone mixer, but it's really simple, except for there's this weird thing where the gain knobs are at the front of the mixer on the back of the mixer instead of where you think they are at the top of the channel. Right. That's for an auxiliary send. I know that's really weird. Other than that, this is a great mix. You have to have to try to cram all this information in in that like 30 second transition between DJs. Right, exactly, exactly. So you got to find the tweetable version of that, right? Like, okay, here's what's going on. And uh, channel three is a little scratchy and uh, go. Have fun. Right, exactly. Um, and on the flip side of that, you just said, you know, sometimes you were the promoter. And mm -hmm. if it, even if it's not your equipment, like that's the other side of that. Like if you encounter an issue with, with somebody's equipment, you know, whether it's a club's, you know, house equipment or if it's somebody, you know, that was renting or providing the gear for a show, you want to let somebody know whatever issues that you ran into ASAP because 
Right. If you don't, it's very possible that you could end up being the one blamed for a missing knob or a broken fader or a broken fader, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, um, you know, so by being open and honest and, and communicating those issues, you know, you can, you can at least set the stage and say, Hey, you know, it wasn't me, but just so that you know, you know, there was this issue with said equipment. And, you know, me personally, when I was a promoter, when people would say, hey, yeah, uh, one of the DJs before me was like banging the box really hard. That, that DJ M600, I don't know whose it is, but it's missing like eight knobs now. And like the crossfader <laughs> has been broken off. And, and I'm like, damn it. That's like the fourth time I've had to put that thing in the shop because people don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing worse than getting a mixer back with mixing, missing knobs and sliders, oh, man. God. And it's happened to all of us. Oh. And it just, it immediately your heart sinks. You're just, ah, oh, this is never going to be this, even though you know you could probably get replacement parts oh, yeah. depending on if, if it was a new enough you know, piece of hardware or whatever, right. but you're still, uh, it feels incomplete and broken <laughs> and tainted now. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, we're, we're, we're leaving out something here. We've, yeah. we've talked about the DJ interacting mm -hmm. with other DJs and interacting with managers and people that hire them and bar staff and audio engineers. We've kind of touched on that a little bit. Sure. But what about the crowd the DJ's playing to? <laughs> like the most important part, right? <laughs> right. How, what are the expectations there? What's the, uh, the etiquette concerns that we have between DJ and listener? Well, let's, let's always remember that a party is not about any one of the parts that are putting on the show. Like the show itself is all of these different parts that have been put together for the purpose of a show to provide entertainment for who? The crowd. So, you know, without the crowd, there is no show. Without the crowd, there's there's no, um, you know, there, there's not that interaction. You're just playing to an empty room. So, you know, make sure that, you know, you are at all times... Uh, you know, providing some positive, supportive attitude and, and contribution toward, you know, making sure that the crowd is having a good time. And especially, you know, for the DJ that is before you and, and sometimes even the DJ that's following you, you know, it just, it, you have to kind of read social cues and kind of see how that stuff, you know, goes, but definitely for the DJ that's before you make sure that you somehow big up that DJ, you know, because mm -hmm. if the crowd is enjoying that DJ before you and you're about to change, you know, the, the dynamic of the, of the show, or you're about to change the genre, you're about to change the attitude, you're going to take them somewhere else. But if they were really enjoying that guy or girl, then, you know, they deserve a bunch of props from the crowd that they were just, you know, in this, uh, interaction with. So, you know, grab the mic. And if you know that DJ's name or, you know, get the DJ's name, grab the mic and, you know, tell, you know, tell everybody, Hey, give it up for DJ so-and-so and, you know, try to announce them. If not, then, you know, if there's no mic or if you don't feel comfortable with that, make sure that before you take the, take the stage or take the decks or whatever that, you know, just put your hands in the air, clap, and, you know, use some hand motions to, you know, uh, to showcase that person that was before you. I think this is really underrated. Um, 
when you have a, a scenario like that where you're getting ready to hand over the decks to the next person and the DJ that's going off has an active crowd of dancers and, and they're having a good time. Right. And the the DJ that's coming on acknowledges the the work that the DJ just did. Right. Then there's this I think, like I said, I think it's underrated. There's this feel-good feeling that happens suddenly. Even like if you're just a member of the crowd, you're standing on the dance floor and you see that happen. Even if it's just a, a point, you know, you point at the DJ and clap, you right, know, or like right. give him a little hand raise or something like that. Yep. Just to, to kind of gesture towards the crowd, you know, hey, give it up for Trip Turlington. He did awesome. Right, right. Um, that I always really like those moments because there's this sudden moment where between, you know, the DJ to DJ relationship and the DJ playing to the crowd and then the crowd to the oncoming DJ, there's this sudden synergy of like, we're all part of this little party that's happening right, right now. And we're right. all kind of sharing in this little transition moment. Right. And that's just, that's just cool. Right. Like yep. it's, you kind of bring everybody into the fold and be like, Hey, he did awesome. Right. Okay. Now it's my turn. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, Absolutely. We're all part of a show here. And even me is like, you know, even when I'm not DJing a show, when I go to shows and I see that, yeah, there's there's like this, um, uh, man, I hate the uh, buzzwords like synergy, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to somebody at work today, like, <laughs> you know, I hate that buzzword, but there's no other good word to describe what it's synergy. A good one. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good one, but it's a terrible one at the same time. But <laughs> um, but it does like you know me watching when I see people giving respect to each other. You know, you may not know each other, you know, as DJs, but if I see two people having mutual respect for each other and handing someone off then I am much more likely to stick it out, you know, from this DJ that I've been watching that I really like and give this new DJ a try if I don't know them or, and especially if I do know them, if I see that this whole experience that I just paid $20 to get into, you know, is, is a cohesive, respectful, you know, flow of events that, you know, everybody is putting some effort into. What about the not so cooperative member of the crowd? The person who wants to fiddle with the knobs on your mixer or wants to <laughs> they get smacked. fight you smack or them. knock the drink out of your hand or <laughs> oh, how do we handle man. this stuff, Trip? What do we what do we do? Man, those are hard, man. Like because they like, are tough. Because, they always feel like a no win situation. Right. Because here's the thing if you fight with the crowd, no matter what the situation the likelihood of you getting, you know, um, uh, the, the likelihood of you being asked to return for another event for that promoter <laughs> or for that venue is going to be pretty slim. Yeah, but, it comes down a little bit. Right. But if you do nothing, then you, you know, A, maybe putting your safety at risk. You may be, um, you know, putting your pride at risk, you know, and all of these types of things. So, like, there you know, there's not any one good answer because if somebody swings on you and hits you or, you know, is swinging on you and you need to defend yourself, well then by all means do so. But, you know, just know that, you know, there may need to be some conversations to follow up on that, you know, after right. the fact, but you know, 
in general, you know, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been in fights at, at, at shows before and it's never, it's never worked out good for me. You know, even when I was, I'm not going to say I was ever in the right, but even when I felt like I was, um, defending myself or, you know, that I was justified for whatever it was, you know, it, it, it just doesn't, it, 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 it never sends a good message about you or your reputation or your personality type. If you, and especially if it's, a a constant thing. Like if you're constantly just abrasive and getting into shit with, you know, the patrons of the club. (laughs) Um, so, uh, man, we've been really going at it hard on all of the etiquette that's in the booth. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of things that we've covered on the show before, but now we're kind of putting everything into the context of what it means to have some etiquette. But, you know, there's there's more to being a DJ, like I said in the beginning of the show, than what's in the booth and what you do in the booth. You know, there's also everything that's outside of the booth or even outside of a gig or a venue. So one of the things that, you know, we do is we're DJs, so we should be making mixes, right? <laughs> or if you go back to one of our episodes, what was it? Uh making a mix and why we don't recording mixes (laughs) and why we don't. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so I, I, I highly recommend that one as well. Um, but, um, you know, it, it boils down to, you know, you need to make mixes and you need to promote them properly. Um, and, and I think promoting them properly is, is the key words in that whole thing. I mean, there's not a whole lot of etiquette around making mixes except for make good mixes. Right. But, (laughs) um, you know, promoting them properly, uh, you know, meaning, uh, you know, send them 12 emails a day until they listen. No, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) that's the opposite of what you want to do. Um, no, it, it, because here, so there's that aspect, right? I mean, we don't want to spam the hell out of people because spam is annoying. Think about it in your own life. If, it, you know, there's all these like, you know, companies that, you know, that's that's their marketing strategy is to blast you with 48, you know, spam emails a day just so that you will buy, you know, whatever it is that, that they're trying to sell you. You know, if you are a DJ you are just adding to noise. If you are, you know, spamming everybody with, with your mixes, you got to have some context and you have to like get it out there to people that it's relevant to and have them make a genuine connection with it. And by the way, it's 2018. So if you're spamming the crap out of your mixes, you are being counterproductive algorithmically. You are, (laughs) you are doing harm to, to you know, spam your mix on Facebook or or wherever it is, because the algorithms are designed to reduce the amount of that kind of stuff that people see. Right, right, yeah. All of the social media is getting so much smarter these days that, like, I can remember a time when you saw all of them, 
but like you didn't listen to any of them because it was the same people <laughs> just saying, listen to my mix, listen to my mix, listen to my mix, listen yeah. to my mix. And, MySpace bulletins. <laughs> God. <laughs> and I was just as guilty. Like, I mean, I, yep. I mean, I'm not saying anything that I've uh, like nothing in this episode is anything that I have never been guilty of. <laughs> so just, yeah, just saying. Um, but another thing about having a mix and promoting it properly is that if, if you are indeed a DJ, you know, that, that is almost a prerequisite, right? Like you have to have a mix so that you can go to promoters and to uh, club owners and, and, and all of that stuff and say, you know, Hey, I'm a DJ. Here is a recent mix of mine so that you can preview my work and if you dig the sound that I'm that I'm you know putting out there, and 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 if you feel like it's re- relevant to your crowd and and to what you're trying to put together, here you go. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're just saying, "Hey, I'm a DJ. Take my word for it. I rock." <laughs> you know, that's it's like it's like saying, "I am this you know prodigy painter." but I've never picked up an easel or a canvas or a brush, (laughs) you know, like it just, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's almost a prerequisite and that's, you know, it's almost, you know, stupid to say that, but you would not believe how many people are out there that don't have mixes, but they are actively trying and getting, you know, some gigs by just saying, you know, Hey, I, I rock a show, you know? And it's like, but if, if they are getting those shows and then they're failing miserably, they're doing themselves a disservice and they are, you know, proving out bad etiquette with the people who are booking them, mm. you know, so have, have that etiquette with the people you're trying to do business with and have actual recent, you know, examples of your product. And if somebody does not, somebody obviously does not want to listen to your mix, like take a hint. Right. Like, like right. <laughs> Leave it alone then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm going to annoy and harass them into liking me and listening to my music. <laughs> right. Because, you know, that always works. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, another thing is, is, you know, be cognizant of what you want your brand and your reputation to be. And, and you don't have to be a PR expert to know what what it is that what the feeling and emotion that you want to have invoked when you when people hear your name or hear your your moniker you know or when they come to see you play there's 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 a specific feeling and emotive that you want to have come out of that and you know there are some people and some entities out there that you know, any PR is good PR for them. And that even means bad. Right. But in, in the terms of DJs, you know, outside of maybe dead mouse, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't know that that really works that much for, for a lot of people. Um, especially when you're at, you know, our level, you know, at the local and the regional level, you know, where, you know, everything about what you do is based on your relationships and your reputation in the area that you're in because the, because the competition is so cutthroat. 
Right. And we're, we're all just like walking personal brands now. Like this is right. Even like non DJs, non musicians, non artists, like this, this is just kind of the climate that we find ourselves in, in right. modern social media culture and, and so on. Yep. So, you know, we're, we're constantly like presenting this version of ourselves to the world. Right. And that version is going to be filtered based on what we let people see. And if we're letting people see the garbage ass ways that we interact with other people, <laughs> right, that's right. going to stick. That's going <laughs> to stick with you, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so th- this is something that has to be constantly on your mind because you know one one little slip up. And I know we've mentioned this on the show before too, but one little slip up, one little time that you go off on somebody or go on a rant or flip the table over in an emotional rage and it's, it's live streamed to Facebook and YouTube and on yeah. Periscope. And, and now suddenly that's it. Now you're that guy. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when you do, and when you have, you know, those issues with other people, the best thing for you to be able to do to reduce that negative PR is to try to work those things out with other people, brands, or entities behind closed doors, you know, taking to social media and turning it into this big, gigantic, dramatic thing only draws in more of the people who are attracted to drama and will Mm -hmm. consistently feed that, that animal, you know? So if, if there's a way that you can resolve issues or problems with other people, DJs, entities, brands, clubs, promoters, whoever, whatever, then the best thing to do is to, you know, try to work things out with those people directly. Now, after, you know, you make that attempt to resolve an issue. If you're not getting where you need to be, then, you know, I think it's well within our rights, you know, to discuss things within like, you know, um, particular circles. Like, you know, there are some circles, uh, you know, blacklisting groups and stuff like that, where, you know, DJs and promoters have an outlet to go and talk to other DJs and promoters and say, Hey, this is a very real problem, you know, within this particular circle region, you know, what, you know, industry or what, you know, whatever area and say, you know, this, here are the facts. This is my experience. Or, you know, you can see other people who had that experience with said, you know, DJ promoter person, whatever, and, and effectively warn people but without taking it out to the general public and turning it into this gigantic, like, you know, PR, uh, you know, trial by, uh, you know, trial by public opinion type of thing. I've got to admit, we, we've brought this up on the show before. I have very mixed feelings about that sort of thing as I'm sure a lot of people do. Well, because it is a double-edged uh, sword, and it, and it, and for as much good as it could uh, have, it also has a, a very high potential for abuse. Right, it could be used maliciously or yeah, abused for inappropriate reasons. Right, you know? right. Uh, I'm black blacklisting this person because uh, I don't like the style of music they play, or they're a woman, or you know, right, some right. other bad reason. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I think that just goes back to the idea of 
being a good human. You know, if you right. have, if you have to, you know, wield that kind of power because you're not getting where, you know, a resolution to an actual problem, then, you know, then that's one thing, but yeah, to turn around and, and try to use that kind of power, you know, in an abusive manner or to purposefully tear somebody down, then yeah, then right. that, that just comes back to bite you in the end. Well, and it's hard for me to relate to because I, I know the approach that I personally take and the approach that we tend to talk to, that we tend to talk about a lot on this show is uh, a lot more collaborative, helpful, uh, rising tide lifts all boats type right. of approach right. where we're helping and encouraging each other within our little bubble right. to, uh, you know, get to the top or to, to make advancements or to build a scene or do whatever, whatever it is that our goal is, uh, you know, there, there's room for everyone here. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, um, another thing, you know, when we're talking about things like helping and encouraging uh, each other, like uh, one of the, one of the hardest things to do is to, you know, deliver constructive, respectful, but critical feedback, you know, because mm. it's one thing like, you know, when, when I put out a mix or if I put out tracks or whatever, it, it's one thing for people to genuinely like my stuff and for them to say, Hey, that's great. And blah, blah, blah. But you know, um, if I'm, if I'm handing something off to people that I trust or that I respect their opinion and I want some, I want something more than that surface level. Yeah. It sounds great. You know, uh, type of thing, you know, help those people get better, um, by, you know, being able to deliver some critical feedback, but do it in a way that, that they can hear it without, you know, hurting or damaging their ego. You know, if you choose yeah. your words care uh, carefully, people are a lot more likely to be open to your feedback. So you just have to, basically, you just have to find really creative ways to tell people that something sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or that, hey, what you did here is kind of predictable, boring or whatever. So like, here's something that I would have done to try to spice it up a little bit, you know? And yeah. start each phrase with, have you ever tried... <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Have you ever thought about, <laughs> you know, so, um, but, but by being able to find ways of delivering critical feedback that's honest and, and, and respectful and, and taking those other, uh, other people's feelings into account, what that does is that strengthens your bond with that person if they are more will, uh, willing and open to taking that feedback and then doing something with it, then they are getting better as a DJ and you are becoming a better DJ as well because you are helping that person. So then you're, you're forging a relationship there and you never know what that kind of uh, you know thing leads to, mm. you know, maybe the next time they get booked, they say, Hey, I know this other guy or girl, you know, uh, that, you know, they rock it too. And I'm really close with them and they've really helped me out a lot. You know, is there another slot for that person? Or, you know, there's other DJ collectives or other opportunities for all kinds of stuff for DJs. And the more that we are forging these experiences and relationships with people and, and, and truly, 
trying to help each other, then, you know, we will continue to try to help each other. Like you said, the rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. And, you know, we, we, we harp on that a lot around here. Okay. So I think, is that going to bring us to the end of our out of the booth uh, tips for etiquette? Yeah, I think so. I think if I was just going to, you know, have one one fleeting last thought, I would say, you know, one of the things that we do here is that we share our experiences, um, you know, kind of calling back to the um, uh, the review on iTunes uh, from Beat Salad. Um, you know, that's what we do here is we're, we're sharing our experiences so that um, others can have the opportunity to learn from us. And we're trying to build a community so that we can learn from them as well. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, preserving the craft and by handing off the torch and, and sharing our experiences and sharing the things that we know and learning things, that's, that's the way the craft stays alive. You know, we get a lot mm. of people who, you know, say that DJ is that DJing is a, is a dying art form and blah, and da, 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 da. And, it, and it's all technology's fault. It's all the sync buttons fault. It's all controllers fault. It's all this, that, and the other, but there's so much to being a DJ besides, you know, the mechanics of it all. So, you know, you know, having some macro etiquette, you know, within the community, share your experiences, let others learn from you and you learn from them. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep this thing going if we do that. And a great place that you can share those experiences is in our passionate DJ Facebook community group. You can get that, get to that by going to passionatedj.com forward slash community and uh, join the group. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've been uh, getting a lot of interaction in there, a lot of people uh, talking about their experiences with DJing, um, whether it has to do with etiquette or dealing with uh, a customer or a client or showing pictures of their booth and all that kind of fun stuff. So definitely check that out. I've got one last thing to to bring in here, which was, uh, and I've brought it in before. This is a, an article that I wrote for Digital DJ Tips several years ago, uh, back in 2013. It was called Nine Tips for Harmony in the DJ Booth. Oh, yeah, and I remember that one. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up here because it's kind of relevant to the topic here, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. So I just wanted to go through and hit the bullet points here and see if there's anything that we didn't cover already. So uh, let's see. Number one tip was uh, choose your setup and tear down times wisely. Uh, so this kind of talked about going to, you know, how early do I arrive and start uh observing the crowd and then get up there and start setting up my equipment while the person is already playing. So we, we kind of touched on that a little bit. Sure. Uh, number two is communicate. We definitely touched on that. Number three, know your setup and think ahead. So this was one, especially for like the time code DJs or the people who have a lot of like a seven modular controllers and two USB <laughs> right. hubs and stuff like Really know your setup, set it up and tear it down a time or two as you're packing it in your bag so that you know you have everything and you know how to set it up so that you're not up there for 45 minutes trying to figure it out. Uh, number four is don't argue. We kind of touched on that. Yep. Uh, number five is don't interrupt. And this was uh, basically don't interrupt the DJ while they're transitioning. And so just mm, kind of a, yeah. a caveat to the uh, communication one. Right. which we touched on. Uh, number six was leave plenty of time to swap over. 
I said, I always make it a point to give a DJ that's following, following me ample time to make a decision on how he wants to start. If he's playing something fairly compatible with my outgoing track, he may want to mix into it so I don't give them a 20-second outro to work with. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's a true test of their skill. <laughs> yeah. Do you have what it takes? Here you go. Deuces. I'm out. Uh, awesome. Number seven was no beer near the gear. Yep, yep. Uh, yep, so just respecting the uh, other people's equipment. We did touch on that. Respecting the time slot. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, your time I, slots, I, <laughs> your time slots up, get the <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> you know, and I got to, I got to, I got to tell you, like, um, there was that, that, that infamous, that now infamous quote from me from that episode uh, from Pet Peeves, but <laughs> there is also a far more infamous photo of uh, our good friend, Mr. Shifter, and uh, another good friend of ours, uh, uh, Ryan Mack. And like, I don't, I don't know the gig that it was from, but there's a picture of Jack standing behind Ryan. Ryan is playing and I don't know what's going on with Jack, but he just had a very <laughs> stern, wide eyed, like wild look on his face. <laughs> and somebody like zoomed in on the picture and then made a meme out of it. And the, and the caption says when the DJ, before, when the DJ before you wants to play just one more, <laughs> I've seen that it's and I, hilarious and it's gone viral a bunch of times. Like I'm seeing it in all kinds of DJ groups now, not just like within our circle of friends. Like it's getting a little ridiculous. Awesome. Like it's, it's great. I love it. All right, and then my number nine tip was just carry on and be professional. Right. Um, I wrap up the uh, the article with this little paragraph. It says the show must go on, even if you're doing this as a hobby. Treat it like it's a job. The more you maintain a professional image, the more people will want to work with you, and the quality of your gigs will likely improve. Amen. There's one thing that causes more problems than encroaching on other people's time slots. It's the DJ's ego. Check it at the door, and you'll be much better off. Absolutely. I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Now, next week, we have an episode coming up called Making Longtime Fans. Don't miss that one, and don't forget to... Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Or if you've already done that, or if you uh, use an Android or some other device, uh, head over to our Facebook page, the community uh, Facebook group and the Facebook page. You can actually leave us a rating on our Facebook page. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. Easy.
let's say you've been playing and there's a sticky knob or you know that scratching sound that you know in uh, faders that are about to go out and yeah you the know, bleeding mixer yes yeah uh, all of those kinds of things um, the Behringer signature sound <laughs> <laughs> signature sound I love it because <laughs> um, it is that was that was the sound but um.